This is Karen Hunter, and welcome to The Hub. Joining us, uh, you can listen to her. Show is going to be changing changing names soon. Uh, yes, I heard that through the grapevine. But right now, it's the Shelly Bell Show on SiriusXM Urban View Sundays at noon. Let me welcome tech, finance, business expert, CEO, and founder of Black Girl Venture, Amalade Bell. Hello. Hey. Hi. Hey, Drew. What's going on? How you doing? I'm so glad to be here. How y'all feeling? We, you know, the world is crazy, but you know, we take time for uh, community and P Valley. Those are the things that I'm okay. obsessed with right now. So that's that's it. That's what we take. Our Listen, time. don't spo- no spoilers because I have not watched the oh. latest episode of P Valley. All right, it's so you good. don't want to know that everybody died. No. Oh <laughs> Lord. Oh. All right. Say it it was the pink. Say it in the pink. Down to the paint. All right, somebody did die though. I'm just not gonna tell you. Oh who. no, somebody did catch, catch, uh, give up the ghost. Um, yeah. but you know that could happen on any episode. Down in the valley with a Chuck All right, all right. Okay. Speaking of, um, we you're here to talk tech, but you know, I, I sometimes stick to the things. Sometimes I don't. I wanted to ask y'all this uh, couple of questions, and it's people with their opinions, right? So, Bette Midler, Macy Gray, and a host of other people had commentary around trans women in the wake of this conversation about Roe v. Wade. Now, as it relates to athletics, I'm very clear the certain athletic sports that I do not believe it's fair, swimming, boxing, MMA, which is not an MMA. I don't think that's a Olympic sport yet. It might be mixed martial arts might be, but you know, certain sports, even track and field, particularly the sprint events. Now, long distance, I think it's fair. You know, I think it's fair at a certain point you train, but the sprint events, the musculature, uh, the maturity of the musculature uh, after puberty, even. And um, so now there's a new law swimming. Uh, you have, if you've um, changed your gender after the age of 12, you are no longer eligible to compete. Uh, internationally and I am okay with that now there are people that are up in arms it's not personal it's just to me I think that's not a fair playing field but now with Roe v. Wade there's a question of erasure of women and I I don't know how to feel about it right now I'm like I'm good with having people show up in the world be you I'm happy for you live your life life is short as it is be your full selves uh, but people got a lot of opinions. So Macy Gray went on Pierce Morgan. That was problematic. So I'm just going to say that. Off top. Off top. It's problematic, Macy Gray, to go on Pierce Morgan, who is a whole ass, like, creep and horrible human being. So, yeah. but that doesn't disqualify you from having an opinion. So let's right. play what she said, Smith. And I, I will say this, and everybody's going to hate me, but as a woman... Just because you go change your parts doesn't make you a woman. Right. Sorry. You feel that? I know that for a fact. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, this brings up, you know, the debate around the word woman and the word female and like all these things and whether it's gender identity or what it means. But I mean, in the matter of erased, I think that's a bit far, right? Like, I don't think there is any race. I would say um, having one trans child and one non-binary child that which also falls under the trans umbrella 
So as a parent of two trans children um, in different directions, I would say that the threat uh, is is not real in the sense of the way that people are wanting, the, the way they want to have feelings about it. Now, sports, I agree with you, like body composition. I honestly think that there should be a whole trans Olympus on its own. I also, also think, I also think that um, trans should not be placed under the LGBT umbrella in the sense that I think it's an totally different thing. Mm. I think it needs its own light. However, because of how complicated we are as humans in society, uh, we have to mesh these things together so that, the, that people get rights. But ultimately, I do believe it should be its own thing with its own light and its own laws and its own upholding of how important it is um, for people in their in their identity. Now, this is one thing um, my children and I and people in the LGBT community we talk about this a lot, that like you don't hear a lot of conversation about people about trans men you hear more conversation about trans women and that's because the perceived idea that you're transitioning into the safer gender right like well we don't need to talk about a person becoming a trans man because you know other than sports because you're actually going into a safer place so at the core of all of this we need to talk about safety of women Mm. (laughs) right and so i think that what people are really feeling can't speak for macy but I would just say underneath, I feel like what they're really feeling is the threat that as women, we are not safe and we uh, don't want anybody coming over here and being not safe with us. Right, we want to be right, safer. Right, right, right. <laughs> right, right. Like- we don't want to have to. Uh, so so I, I'm today years old and I want to say uh, thank you, um, Omalade, for sharing that uh, because I, you know, I've known you for a minute, never knew this till today, uh, which is. And, and it's not that we should know it right do you know it's like it's like drew being gay like who cares like not not that i don't care that you're gay but it doesn't have any impact whatsoever on your contribution to the world your contribution to the show how much i love you how much you know i think you're a dope human being it doesn't matter like it it's just one more thing like you're wearing a nike sweatshirt like as soon as we get to a place where we can embrace people for however they show up in the world as a, the full fullness of themselves. Um, because I think that fear that you just talked about Omalade is what is sparring the, the, the mass shootings we're seeing. It's the fear of like, I don't fit in anywhere. I don't want to lose whatever little bit of self, but you never worked on yourself, whatever the self is. Right. So I think that's the car crash that we're in right now. Like, and it's constant, it's constant. So walk me through when your first child came to you and said, or was there a conversation or is it something that you always knew? Yeah, great question. So I'm bi and, um, and if you want to talk about erasure now, nobody likes bi people. Okay. The straight people don't <laughs> like us. The, the gay people don't like, they like, gay people Look. don't even believe bi exists. Uh, you I'm know joking. what I'm saying? <laughs> no, that's so real. It's so real. It's like, uh-uh, you just want everything. <laughs> of course I do. At least two of them. Anyway. So, um so (laughs) wow so um okay back to the okay so at first it was like oh I think you know because I was I was already you know um dating women and I was it was interesting when I when I started dating women I was so nervous about having to explain sexuality to my children and and I'm, I'm a single mom and so I remember my oldest son saying I, don't, I actually don't care who you date as long as there's somebody for me to talk to. Um, and I thought, and that really hit me because I was so worried about that. So in his transition, it was first like, oh, I think I'm gay. 
okay, cool, great. I had my first child at 17. I was happy about them being gay because I'm like, please don't have a child early. And then, and then it was, uh, okay, now I think I'm, you know, I think I might be bi, I think I might be gay. And then finally it was, you know, I actually want to transition. And then it was, it was a worry for me. You know, a lot of times I hear the narrative around parents I'm like, oh, I'm not going to have grandchildren. Oh, like I wasn't worried about any of that. I was worried most about the fact that I did not raise him to be a black man in America. That was my core worry that like, yeah. had I known, I just would have been able to give you tools. And now you're going to go into manhood as all the way as an adult. I mean, when you start taking testosterone, you go through a second adolescence anyway. And so your body starts to change. Uh, he's had top surgery as well. And we've got, so we've gone through those transitions. And so he was going into college into North Carolina. So we live in Northern Virginia. You know, it's fairly progressive here, right outside of D.C., but he was going to A&T, and that was a lot of transition. I was afraid uh, of all of that transition. One, how your body's going to be, react, you're going into another adolescence, and you're going into college, which is like a big transition for any child anyway. It was a lot to do at once, and I was more worried about that and the fact that I didn't raise you as a black man. So, like... My anxiety wasn't so much about, oh, kids, or, oh, my child, you know, just as the child general. And I, I think there needs to be more conversation. I'm so glad you asked me about it because this is something I've wanted, like he and I have talked about, like, should we do panels on this? Like, how far should we really bring this out? Because people just kind of stop at these basic narratives. And I'm like, look, I got more things to worry about. My yeah. child is becoming a black man. <laughs> okay. Like, and I didn't raise him that way. So I don't know what tools to give him when I don't want him to have to trip through experiences with this. You know, we've talked about what it means to like proximity to women now, right. As a man, right. Not something that he had to think about growing up. Like you can't be too close to a woman. You can't be looking too hard. You can't, you gotta, it's, you gotta have a different way of moving around women. Right. Yeah. That you, that, you know, that's not something I could have taught him. Don't do this. Say this. If the police, if you see the police, you know, act like this. And he, you know, he very well passes. So you wouldn't just know it by looking at him. And so we've had to talk, what does it mean to be a man? Nobody knows that. Like, what does that actually mean if you weren't socialized? So I think there's way more things that we're constantly talking about him, my brother, you know, my dad is not really with it. He's old school, old, old, old school. So don't do y'all like even talk? Like so, you know, it's interesting. We just had a whole conversation about race, and um, I will ask anybody who's melanemic on this show, what does it mean to be white? Especially when they identify, when they say, it's a white man or it's a white woman. What does that mean? And invariably, you know, it's a stumping question. But you just raised another question. What does it mean to be a man? What does it mean to be a woman? As we suss through this, you know, there was a simpler time when women stayed home, they cooked, they cleaned, they took care of the children. You knew what your role was as a woman. You were groomed to be a great housewife and a great support mate. You know, as I'm watching for all mankind, those, those themes are coming to the forefront while you go to space. I got to take care of everything and be the dutiful wife. But we're in an era right now where even those lines, you know, CEO and all, I mean, there's, there's no definition, you know, one could say to be a man is to be the provider and to be the, the you know, you, you're going to take care of the family and do all of these things and be, a, you know, semi-aggressive. But is that, does that make you a man, you know? And 
I, I, I think we don't ask those questions because we have these constructs. And I, I love sitting in community with Dr. Carr because when you take it back to the continent 3,000 years ago, non-binary was, you know, there was, you know, even the creation story that was borrowed and turned into the Bible. <laughs> these are facts, by the way. So that don't be works. mad. I'm not challenging your religion, but you are literally believing in even to the amen is amen Ra. That said, there's this this blending of male to female, you know, like this person regurgitates sperm and then brings it to themselves. And that is what I mean. But all throughout nature, you're seeing that, right? This this kind of like we all are all of the things, just like if you look at the Zodiac, we're all this all of the things. So is, are these questions we should be asking ourselves? What does it mean to be a man? What does it mean to be a woman in modern but whatever this society is that we're in? I don't think it's very modern. I don't know. Thoughts? Nothing? Was, All right. I mean, what does it mean? Drew, so what does it mean? Mark, what does it mean? Are you, you're, you know, you identify as a man. Do yes. you, do you have a, <laughs> do you have a, do you, in your mind, do you know what that is? Like, can you codify it? And like, and, I, I don't think a lot about my gender. My gender just kind of is. I mean, when I think about when I think about what it means to be a man, I feel like that the level of responsibility that I have for myself and taking care of myself and and um, my responsibility, taking care of my intergenerational responsibilities and taking care of my household, I think of that as manly attributes because of my father did those things and both of my grandfathers did those things, right? If I, if perhaps my source of protection and provision was solely my mom, I might think of that differently, right? Based on that. But my my way of thinking about manhood is really about responsibility for me, my family, my community, right? That's what manhood is for me in a way that is similar to how I think about womanhood, right? Because that's a level of responsibility, right? In a ways that I can't replicate, don't need to replicate because women got that, right? For me, I, in as much as I don't think about my my gender, I feel it is a state of- I was going to say, you're like comfortable in it. You're comfortable yeah. in it, which is, it's crazy. So, Amalade, um, raising two, uh, a trans child and a non-bi, what is- uh, we got I think we have too many terms. This is how I feel. I I'm so tired of all of the letters and the terms. I just I'm I am very well, tired of them. You know, it's funny. I'm like, "Dang, that's so cool that you don't even have to think about your gender." You know, like I was like, "While you were talking, I was just thinking like, "Yo, I wish like, I wish I didn't have to think about my gender sometime." You know, but it's like we got to think about it all the time as a woman like where it is, how it is, like you know, it's crazy. I'm, I'm like, uh, I ignore the bathroom rules, by the way, just saying, if I got to go, I got to go. And they have not <laughs> solved the logistical challenges in the women's bathroom yet. So I'm like, listen, if y'all, I'm going in this men's bathroom. Okay. I got to use it. So I can't tell you how many times I stood watch when my sister was pregnant. I was like, yo, my sister's about to use this bathroom. I'm gonna stand right here while she cleans it up a little bit. Cause we got a whole lot of facilities, but they ain't as clean as y'all's are apparently. 
Um, but yeah, I, <laughs> that's wild. I never think about my gender. I mean, and I love, I love having a penis. Like, I think it's, I think it's like the best gift ever from God for me personally, but I don't think about, I don't think about my gender in any meaningful way other than, you know, how closely or I've modeled my dad. Cause my dad is the, my prototype for manhood, I think. Um, but so, yeah, I it's mean, wild. so breaking these norms, right. Um, so Shelly, you raise your children by yourself, right? Yeah. I mean, more recently, my child decided to do, be non-binary. First, my middle child was saying they go by they, she pronouns. So at first they were saying that they were gay. And I was like, I don't think you're gay. I think you're something else. So what I will say is like, I knew that from the jump. Like, I'm like, I don't think you're How gay. You I know? think you're something else. Just because of the kind of kid they were, like, it was never like, um, like, it was never about sexuality or any of that. It was just, I am me. I am me and that's all I am and that's who I am. That's how I'm gonna be. And that's the way that they were. So it wasn't so, attached to sex. So you okay. Never. Never. Mm-mm. In fact, I thought that, yeah, I didn't know what they were gonna become, but I was like, I don't think you're gay. You know, but of course when you said it as a parent, it's like, oh my God, mom doesn't believe me. I think it, you know, like <laughs> <laughs> so we went through that whole thing where it was like, How dare you not believe in what I've chosen? You know, it was like a whole thing. And so like, okay, you know, and then now, you know, years later, it's like, oh yeah, mom, I'm, I'm actually going to just be Joe, right? I'm not going to, I'm going to be non-binary. There are, there's a lot of fear though, you know, in terms of like, so let's say as a man, you know, you end up in some type of tussle fight, whatever, you know what I'm saying? Like at, you're out, you're doing something and then it's discovered that you have a penis or you don't by any, some type of means you could right. be getting robbed. Like your 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 uh, the rate at which you might actually get killed is different so like let's say you get robbed and it's like oh wait i thought you was a man and you don't have a penis oh oh wait i thought you was a man i thought you was a woman and you do like now you're the height and the height around i might kill you is different right 100%. right right 100%. that's a different kind of fear right i'm um, even from police right like i stop you I think you're one thing. I pat you down. You're another thing. The level of reaction from a human to human. Different. Totally different. Right. So like, and I think those are some of the fears that I think about. Like, so it's to me, people don't realize what they're saying when they're not deeply understanding what people are dealing with when it comes to life or death. So for Macy to get on and just make this kind of comic kind of flippant, you know, in a way that's like, that's a great, really distant um, opinion to have. But, you know, as someone with two children, now I'm thinking about like, you're saying that you're on this show with a terrible, you know, person anyway, and yeah. where people are already deepening how they feel about these negative things about people in general, mm-hmm. whether minorities, underrepresented folks, all of that, you're deepening the hate. And I just don't need that from you. Yeah. Mm. Not only are you deepening it, but you're now giving permission to voice it out loud right. in a in a very public and meaningful way, right? And I think that that's part of that sort of Trump world thing that we keep seeing is that now it's not only okay to be um, to come out the side of your uh, of your mouth or your neck with really egregious 
racist, misogynist, transphobic, homophobic language and rhetoric, it's not only okay, it's celebrated. I mean, you think about when when Vernon, uh, when um, the, uh, what was the guy's name? Um, he uh, he he ran for uh, he ran for Senate here um, in Georgia. In Georgia? Vern, Vernon Jones. Um, Vernon, that's was yeah. It? Vernon okay. Jones it might be Vernon Jones. Um, All right, go he, ahead. He ran. Yeah, you're for right. Senate you're here. right. You're right. He, you're right, Drew. He went from he went from like just this like social media. Like they did this article on how when he started that Trump rhetoric, that America Great Again rhetoric. How he went from like you know. 20, 30,000 followers to 100,000 here. And then like that is celebrated, right? Like, so when you say that kind of stuff, you give all these other people permission to to be just as homophobic or just as transphobic. Did you, when you were thinking about school, you said, did he? No, go ahead. Go yeah, ahead. when, well, I think I think he absolutely that, that that rhetoric absolutely gives other people permission to say the Ask quiet question. stuff out loud. I, I I didn't want to interrupt you when when she was yeah. when she was thinking about school. When you were thinking about schools, um, so you did you have any apprehension about sending a trans child to a HBCU? One hundred percent, especially in the South, because in the there's South. different laws around the, the getting access to tea to us around. So yeah. he would have to come home to do all of the the blood work and things like that to make sure everything was fair to even get access to the tea. And so once you start tea, you want to keep it going up until the point where you're done with the transition that you want, or else it could just have reverse, you know, adverse effects, or you won't get to what you're trying to see in yourself, right? right. Um, I was worried that like if if he goes to the doctor, I mean, luckily, thank God for us. We were able to kind of do the back, the home back and forth. And he didn't have any major like incidents where he needed to like go to any major hospitals or anything, because that could have been an entirely different story. So just thank God for that. Very concerned, not necessarily because of the students, though, to be honest, these stu- the students nowadays are fairly progressive or they just don't care. Mm-hmm. I was more concerned about the faculty and like being able to go to the nurse or, you know, mm-hmm. so we, we, we did have to find like therapists. Um, we had to like do work around like what to say, you know, when you go into, like if you were to go into the campus, like doctor or the nurse, that kind of thing. But, you know, like I said, the students, I'm not, we weren't worried about, like the students are progressive. They either, they don't care or they just like, Hey, do you, everybody be yourself these days. It really is um, at that level. I, I do have a lot of questions uh it's tech tuesday but we're not probably gonna do any tech uh omalade bell is here you can listen to her on at uh urban view at noon i also want to ask you i want to play when we come back method man said something to drew's point what it means to be a man i think method man i mean he's got man in his name so i think he's definitely (laughs) but but there's 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 a uh responsibility that we have as we grow uh in ourselves as human beings and i think method man has grown uh into a very fine man listener discretion is advised i ain't like myself so i didn't like anybody fucking else so that meant anything that would have came in my circumference at that point in time was going to get it my family went through a lot with my ass during that era man and i and i can admit that i did take a lot of my fucking misery out on them 
and they did not deserve it. And I took some of my misery out on people at Def Jam that did not fucking deserve it. You know, I had an episode with Beyonce, and this is me being miserable, okay? Uh, I had met them overseas with Jay. We were all over there. Well, I didn't meet them with Jay. Jay, Dame, all of us were over there. We were doing the MOBO Awards. That's like their soul train. Yeah. Uh -huh. And the girls were there. Very nice. This is when it was still four of them, the original members. Very right. nice, very cordial, all that. And I always kept that in my head, like, these are some decent young ladies and shit. Fast forward, now it's three members. They got the two new girls. And um, we were at Janet Jackson's Icon. Mm. And uh, I remember we were, I just came off stage and where we were sitting at, nothing but VIPs, you know, we had NSYNC up here, Destiny Child right there, Tommy Lee was over here, Pink, and uh, I see the girls. So, you know, I kind of moseyed out of my seat to go over and say what's up to them. Now, this is me still in my low self-esteem era, but I'm thinking like, okay, comfort zone here, I'm going to say what's up to the girls, I love them, I'm just going to say hi. I go over to say hi to them. And when I said hi, they didn't even turn around and acknowledge me. Now my ass in my head with my low self-esteem is like, oh, they just shitted on me. When in fact, they didn't even hear me. It was so loud in that motherfucker. And that's, that's the excuse that I'm giving mm -hmm. right now. They didn't even fucking hear me. That's what. Afterwards, Rockwiler, he was gonna do the Bootylicious song for him. Mm -hmm. He comes over, he's talking to him. He's like, oh, y'all know Red and Meth? And they put their hands out to shake. And I kept my hand here and was like, go ahead with that Hollywood shit. To this day, that shit hurt my heart because neither Kelly, Beyonce, or Michelle ever did any fucking thing to me, you know? Mm. But me being so miserable and in that fucking moment, I felt like they wasn't treating me the way I should have been treated. Who am mm. I to think that about these girls? They're here to promote themselves and, and, and break records and things of that nature. And it was not about me. It was about Janet fucking Jackson. Mm -hmm. You know? And to this day, man, like, I, I don't think I've ever apologized for that. I apologized to Beyonce. I apologized to Kelly Rowland and Michelle. Y'all did not deserve that at all. If I couldn't love this man anymore, that was Method Man. He was on a podcast, My Expert Opinion hosted by battle rapper Math Hoffa. Uh, of course, you know, he's with the Wu-Tang, and today is the RZA's birthday. Happy birthday to you, RZA. Um, I love that because, really, that's what we're dealing with in this world. A lot of hurt people, a lot of people who are insecure and messed up and don't feel good about themselves, and all that's projected out with their fear that somehow they're going to be exposed or I want to don't look over here or whatever motivates you with the tough facade or the weird facade or the murderous facade. It's all a facade that underneath it is scared, fear and inadequacy, a feeling of inadequacy, uh, which manifests into real inadequacy. And I just want to just thank him because he just told on a whole lot of rappers and others with that one comment. Oh, me we're back. Well, let me just say, Amalade uh, <laughs> uh, Bell is here, of course, the host of the Shelly Bell Show, noon Eastern on Sirius XM, Urban View Sundays, and Drew McCaskill, who is on billboards everywhere, uh, being amazing, uh, giving light to people who uh, may not have the shine that they deserve with Nike, and they got a whole project. Uh, what's the name of the project? Can people still buy the, the sneakers? 
Yeah, I mean, okay. people can still buy the stuff. Like Nike doesn't need that much more money, but a lot of the um, a lot of the proceeds are going to go to um, to um, uh, sports for LGBTQ youth all over the country, like youth leagues, all these things, equipment for schools and stuff like that. Um, but it's um, Nike.com backslash Be True campaign is um, around um, you know supporting queer athletes in at sport at every level but the money is really going towards like young folks and getting them one protection getting them safety getting them um getting them the resources that they can have to ask questions for people who actually have medical answers and scientific answers as well as all these other things that happen um <clears throat> when young people um are either forced out or come out or decide that they you know, don't know exactly where they are, but they want to play. Mm. And that's what, that's what the ability to play is about for most of it though. But yeah. Let me just say, I'm, I'm, I, I love being here. This is the dopest space in the world. I'm, I'm, and I'm not saying that because of me, because I never know, like I'm, I'm asking sincere questions, things that I may want to know of people that I know see the world in so many different ways because they have all of these experiences. So I try to bring the, the most amazing people on the show because I'm just absolutely uh, curious and I know I don't have all of the answers. So when we started this, I didn't know any of this. I promise you. And it's crazy um, how the universe lines up because I know somebody needed to hear what you had to say today on Malade. And I, I don't know who that was, but there we go. And I was just, that was going to be my throwaway because I was getting a method man. <laughs> you know, that was my throwaway. Hey, right, what y'all think about Macy Gray's ass, who's been on this show and was like, I think. Anyway, I won't get into that. That was y'all can listen back to it or not. Uh, but that was an interesting interview. I'll just say that. And then she's on with Pierce. I was like, ah, we're not really going to talk. We're going to talk about the maturity of Method Man and everybody else who needs to own that period in their lives as well. Apologize grow from it don't treat people horribly because you're going through whatever you're going through in your own mind but then here we go so thank you i just want to publicly say thank you for receiving um what whatever needed to happen today yeah, yeah but you know what sure. on meth growth that's you know what that is growth Yo, <laughs> 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 oh, that's that's bananas the fact that the fact that he was able to sit there and be honest and transparent about it at this point in his life too, because I think sometimes we just say, "Oh, well, that's the old me. I'm not going back and, and talk about that. It, it was what it was. I was a different person then. I'm brand new now, right? But brand new you may still have to have some accountability for old you shit. You know what I'm saying? And to the so so much of what we go through isn't necessarily just for us you know, faith comes by hearing. And that's not just from a religious standpoint, but that's from a walk through this hard ass life that we have to walk through sometimes is you hear somebody else tell their story and oh, dang, I got it. I don't even have to go through that on my own. Let me check some of my stuff too, so that that helps me in the end. I love the fact that Meth was so honest about it. And the fact that he was honest about what was wrong with him in that moment, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think accountability, self-accountability is one of the hardest things for most people. Hard. Uh, so much, which is, you know, the America that we're dealing with right now. Everybody wants to blame everybody, whether it's the Mexicans or 
or these trans bathroom situation or is these women is it's, it's somebody else is the reason why you're not living your best life. But the reality is every day you brush your teeth, it's the person in the mirror. That is the reason why you're not living your best life because we all have obstacles. Everybody's going through something. Everybody has something to overcome. Everybody has family problems. I promise you everybody. And if you don't consider yourself extremely rare and extremely fortunate, um, but how you handle the adversity that befalls all of us. Some self-inflicted. Some of us, you know, run headlong into to drama where there is none. I'm, I'm raising my hand right now because all the problems I've ever had in my life, I did it to myself. <laughs> I did it to myself. It was not the man. It was not, you know, but we, we have to overcome. We just have to overcome. Shelly? You know, what? it's interesting because it's something I've been thinking about lately uh being in this weird place of uh for me and also like shout out to Drew that's dope the work that you're doing and like now you're now you're my brother in Nike partnership too so hey billboard brother oh Um, wait wait Nike flex y'all corporate flexing on the show right now (laughs) y'all we I got that check you got that check Drew you got that money you got that good good we open this community you open this community okay see is that is that too um but going from I was thinking, I've been thinking about this a lot, going from nothing to something versus going from something to something more. Right. And I think that like the, the insecurities and the ways that we buck ourselves, like when we're in competition with ourselves, like for me, I was super comfortable into like, I have nothing to lose and I'm going to something more. So it was like, Oh, I ain't got nothing to lose. So I'm just experiment, do everything. Hey, Hey, But then jumping from cliff to cliff is a little different. So I think the reason why one of the things I admire about his growth is that this is a cliff to cliff moment. It's like I'm on I'm not you know, I I got somewhere and in order to meet I'm going to get somewhere else. But I can't sit into the fear and comfort around like the things I'm angry about, because, like, yeah, at that point, they're rising. They're stars already. Right. Um, so I think that's interesting around like what you're able to open up to accept at some point. And there's a lot of life that's happened to him too. You know, you know, there's a lot of things he had to book in terms of like, like his wife being sick, people talking about that, like his, his whole, just, he's just had a lot of life coming at him. And a lot of times, I mean, I think it's because of what you're asking for. You're praying for something and then those things hit you, your insecurity shows like, you know, come on, you're going to work through that or you're not right. Yeah. As an employer, this becomes extremely challenging, okay? We just had a team retreat. One of the things that one of the uh, facilitators brought up is managing morality versus managing workability. Mm. Wait, what does that even mean? Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, okay, so I'll break it down. So, you know, we were managing, as a startup, you know, I'm looking for great people. And so even the conversations we were having are just about the people, like, oh, be a great person. Like this person is having feelings. Let's work them through that. You know, that you had the better help um, bite. And we do, we give our employees better help because we want them to have access to on-demand therapy services, right? So like, we're going to give this option for you to work through things you need to work through. Like we're so focused on morality, right? We're, me- we're, we're managing like how you feel. I like, I truly feel like a workplace where underrepresented people feel welcome is going to include some of that. Um, But then we were like outweighing like how we're managing how you feel versus the work you're actually getting done or your actual performance. (laughs) And so at some point I had to be like, oh, time out now. I I love you and everything. 
I ain't saying you can't sing, but maybe not in this choir. Okay. And yeah. I will love you after you move on and <laughs> I'm gonna have to hire somebody else. You know, so it was that dance of like, am I really managing your workability or am I managing your morality? And what's my place as an employer, right? You got these insecurities and you just defiant about everything, right? I could be saying it in the softest voice and it's like, well, she shouldn't have said it. Hold up, time out. First of all, this is my company, number one. I bet it's from zero, okay? <laughs> number two, I want to do all I can for you. And if you can't hear me say that, I don't know what else to say to you. I've said it, I've shown it, you know, and it's it's interesting around like I'm saying it and I'm showing it. Like when you're saying things to people and you're showing it to people and they still can't hear it, it can't be you. What is the responsibility of a company to manage morality? And when you say morality, I'm Morale thinking, or morality? I think, it, I think it's culture. Morality. I think it's culture too, culture. because you know, um, yeah, I'm just thinking about several businesses that I'm running right now. And it's like, I want to go to the top with the people who are like-minded and I don't want dissension and I don't want people who are doing their own thing. Um, and it's not about how they live in their life. Cause I don't really get involved personally and I don't, I care, but not deeply enough to, you know, but but maybe to Drew's point is more morale or how people show up in the world. But let's 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 sit on that for a second. Eight six six eight zero one eight two five five. Get some callers in because we don't have what, maybe ten minutes left. Uh, Tanya in Pittsburgh, and then I'm just gonna take as many calls as possible. I know Drew, the show just whizzed by. I know he's looking at his watch. Where did the time go? Tanya, hi, welcome. Hi, hi, um, Karen. How are you? Awesome. How, how are your guests doing? I'm great. I'm glad to hear that. I love the conversation, but I just wanted to say this as well. And being a woman, I, oh, it okay. would be wait, common. Wait, you got to stop. Pause, pause for a second. Cause you went out a couple of times at the point where you needed to express yourself. It's not your it's technology, but uh, repeat what you just said, Tanya. I said, I am a woman of a certain age. And as far as, uh, knowing my my femininity, my womanness, being a woman, it just flows for me. I don't have to think about being a woman or a lady. I know that when I sit down, I cross my legs at my ankles. I know that my legs should be together when I'm sitting. I know that I'm the speak when I come into a room. Hello, how's everyone? It's just, I, I guess the way I was raised, and maybe everybody wasn't raised that way, but to say that, I, I, I get kind of lost when I hear younger people say that they have to think about their um being a woman or being a man i i don't know i i don't know i guess i was born in the late 60s so um i guess i was raised a certain way my parents from the south so i guess i was raised a- so how do you feel when women don't wear dresses or close their legs when they you know <laughs> do you feel like they're not women no 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 because my daughter is like like i don't know she's from an alien but she is I, want, she, I cannot express the love and the admiration that I have for her, adoration I have for her, and admiration. Um, and she doesn't do those things on on cue like I do. And I, I'm like, I know I taught you them, but she is into them, uh, their, her, him, and those not pronouns and all of And she corrects me, and I'm so <laughs> glad because I don't want to be stuck. You know, when you can't learn, you're you're stuck. 
Okay. Well, and I appreciate. I don't want to be stuck. I want to get as many calls in, and I think Shelly wants to say something because I listen. The the courage to um be as transparent as you are, and also as wrong as you are, because uh, I, I feel like you are you're absolutely wrong. But it's okay, you know, because we can we can work through that. Um, Shelly, can we? Yeah. I, I mean, ultimately, I'm just like says who, but ultimately, what I will say though, let me say this. I heard a little remnant of I'm trying in there. Yes. Yeah. I, I got to bring that out. Right. Like, because her saying like my daughter's into it. I'm trying to because you you get you halt if you don't learn. So let me just stay there. Let me say there was a lot of things that were a little bit problematic about what she said. But the I'm trying is honestly sometimes all we can ask of the older, especially black generations mm-hmm. around this topic. So I'm going to leave it there. OK. Yeah. All right. Keep trying. Yeah, I mean, and, but again, people love their children. And that's why, you know, I was, when you said you had um, two not, you know, a trans child and a non-binary child, I was like, at some, at what point did you ever look at yourself and say, did I cause this? Like, I, I think parents, again, I, I was, I think we were having this conversation last week where children are a reflection of your parents, of of, of you, right? So, so you're like, is the world going to, you know, what are they thinking is going on in this household? If I produce, you know, like if you are not, you know, look, looking at your children as human beings that are going to evolve into whatever they're going to evolve in, into. And your job is to guide them and give them the tools to tackle this crazy world that we're in. I mean, was there ever a moment as a parent where you're like, what's happening here? Oh, I did cause it because I gave him the freedom. <gasps> look at that. So what so, you're saying is so there a whole I lot of kids hiding in their homes? And their <laughs> I'm just saying that like, if you're not, this is the thing I think, and Drew, you know, I don't know what your thoughts on this, but like, if you ain't it, you ain't it. If you it, you it. Yeah. If you ain't it, you ain't it. I don't care how much you try it. I don't care how much you flirt with it. I don't care how, how much you dance with whatever transgender or being gay. Please, y'all, just know that if they ain't it, they ain't it. So yeah. stop acting like, well, if they try it, then they might just somehow fall into some type of, what are we doing to them? Hypnotizing them? Listen, yeah. no, that's not what's happening. If they ain't it, they ain't it. And if they it, they it. And if they try it and they like it, then they probably was it. So I did cause it. I take 100% responsibility for giving my kids total freedom of who they want to be. And I'm so glad for who, whatever that becomes. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And if, and I, I couldn't agree with you more. Like my, my growing up seeing two incredibly affectionate heterosexual parents and nothing but heterosexual, you know, couples my whole life still didn't stop me from wanting to be with a dude. So like, if you, what Shelly, when, I mean, what Omalade said about if you it, you it, and if you're not it, you're not it. I can tell you that the dudes that I, my boys, my straight friends who know me, they've met my partners. I was a total fuck boy in my twenties and most of my thirties, like <laughs> they met all of the dudes that I was messing around with. And you know, athletes, models, like there was some good looking folks in there, but they were, they not once did any of my straight boys say, you know what? I'm just sitting here looking at how normal this is. And I think, I think I would, I wouldn't mind some dick, right? Like there's never been an instance where any of my straight friends have said that. Not a single time. All right. That's right. And and we did an amazing podcast when I was first doing podcasts, Drew sat with me. And it was revelatory because I had no idea that, that Drew was gay. Because again, Drew's just Drew to me, and Drew is a hundred percent who he is. 
shows up in the world, it never matters. So I was like, oh, so let's have a conversation about it. It was yeah. mind blowing. Since then, it's like, ah, oh, whatever. <laughs> but you know what? What? what women feel like they lost something right yeah uh, for it. real like, for like... real no for real like drew like, drew's one so of them fine. guys that you're like get the hell out of here but I, you know um not, anyway Shanoa, you're absolutely right uh shelly so people might be mad because drew is definitely all of the things uh Shanoa in san francisco hello Hi, Karen. Hi, hey. Shelly. Hi, Drew. I'm a big fan of all you guys. I wanted to call because I am a trans woman as I live in my daily life, and my boss is with me right here. She's like, I should call in. But I wanted to Hi, say, um, she's like listening all the time. I make her. Um, but she was just saying that, like, for me, when I, like, came out, I know my dad, he was a little bit, like, concerned that he felt that he, like you said, um, that he forced it on me because, like, I, he was too masculine and, like, I just pushed away. But he also said that it was his fear of, like, he didn't want life to be hard for me. Um, and I can stand here and say, like, I have a college degree and, like, I did really well. Uh, but after we've, like, overcome some of our issues, he was like, I just, my fear was I didn't want life to be hard for you. So I just mm -hmm. pushed against it. Um, but we definitely are in a better place now. And, of course, like, I think a safe space because my grandma, which was his mom, she created a safe environment. And when I came out to, like, my family, they all were like, we already knew. It's just that, like, me, I was the one that was, like, fearful of, like, what people would say. But my friends, my family, there's some that, you know, we're still making a strides. But my friends that are still with me since I was in high school, middle school, they still rock with me. Uh, and they still love me. And I think, like you said, like, uh, different generations are helping. But I've noticed that from my experience that the older generation have been so much more helpful in, like, learning the language than, like, some of the people my age. Oh, okay. <laughs> Let me find out. Come wow. on through, boomers. All right. <laughs> Is that what we saying now? Oh, all right. We I'm going to call up my mom and daddy. <laughs> oh, my, my goodness. <laughs> um, thank you for sharing that. And, Shanoa, and, and having your boss listen and forcing your boss. I love this, the flip, the power the power struggle. Hi, boss. Um, I, I wish we had more time because uh, this is, you know, limitation of, you know, this, this block of space here. But I feel like uh, more conversation is going to be had. Drew, uh, thanks for being here. As always, I appreciate you coming through. Thank you. Omalade, who's on the show on Sunday? What you got going? Yeah, we're going to be talking to Kimberly Ed Edwards. Um, Evans, I'm sorry. She's the founder of Ride Her, which is a ride share app just for women. So that's going to be great. Also, you can call me Omi. It's like you owe me money. Everybody remembers that very well. So you can, uh, it will be the Omi show is what we're transitioning to. Make it. sure you listen to it on Sundays at noon right here on Urban View. Oh, thank you. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being a part of this family that we have here. Safe place to, to have conversations and be wrong. This is, this is how we learn. That's how we learn. Uh, so let me thank the team. Thank you, Smizzy. Appreciate you. Amina, Alexa, Tramel, thank you. Barrett, I see you on the phones, on the ones and twos. And uh, Maddie, is Maddie not here? Do, what's his name? Dio, Dio, uh, Maddie or Andy and Queen Lindsay, the video team. Thank you. And family, um, this, we're on uh, a journey. It's a very difficult period in history. You are living through history. Everybody, we are living through an inflection point in history. How it turns out really will be up to us. What we're going to be willing to accept, what we're going to hold people accountable to and how 
individually we choose to move in the world will determine what happens next. And it is your responsibility to show up as your best self. Um, and I'm not wavering from that, not one iota. So I want to thank you for, if you're listening to this program, then you are part of the solution. I want to thank each and every one of you. And those of you who have joined Nubia, that's where uh, a lot of the real work is going to be done. So I'm thanking you as well for that.